you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. So you're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. And today we have uh, two just wonderful guests with, with us today. We have uh, Sarah Bessie and Marlena Graves, who uh, writers and contributors to a new book called Rhythm of Prayer. And uh, we'll get to the book here in a little bit. But Sarah and, and Marlena, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourselves, who you are, where you're from, what you do? Go ahead, Sarah. All right. Between the two of us, we're both we're both just like you first. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Sarah Bessie. Um, I'm a writer, and I live in Western Canada, um, just in British Columbia. I've written uh, three books. Uh, first one was called Jesus Feminist, um, which was not controversial in 2013 at all. Mm-hmm. It was just fine. Um, and then I wrote Out of Sorts, Making Peace with an Evolving Faith, um, out of which grew with my friend uh, Rachel Held Evans, the Evolving Faith Community, which um, you know I continue to be involved in and, and co-lead now with Jeff Chu. Um, and then there was Miracles and Other Reasonable Things, which came out a couple years ago. And then I just have had the incredible honor to edit and contribute to a new book. Um, called A Rhythm of Prayer, which Marlena contributed to. And um, we've just been having a lot of fun shepherding that book out in the world now. Um, Other than that, I mean, married nearly 20 years, actually this year, which feels really crazy. And we have four kids um, that range from high school down to kindergarten. So there can be some big feelings in our house at times as well. (laughs) But other than that, I think that's that's probably about it. Uh, How about you, Marlena? Yeah, thank you. I am uh, Marlena Graves. I live uh, in Toledo, Ohio, in one of the um, suburbs in Toledo. Um, I am in a PhD program, American Culture Studies at Bowling Green State University, which is about 20 minutes south of where I live. Um, married to my husband, Sean Graves. He's a philosophy professor. And we have three girls, um, 14, eight, and six. And they are a bunch of fun. And there are big feelings, like uh, Sarah said. So. I um, I think technically I've contributed, written four books and one's gonna come out with IVP Academic called Exploring the Gospel of Peace. But um, Beautiful Disaster, Finding Hope in the Midst of Brokenness came out in 2014 and it's a modern day um, kind of metaphor for wilderness formation being formed in the wilderness and what does that look like? Uh, and then my book, The Way Up is Down came out this past July, July 14th, and it's on, you know, big word kenosis, but basically um, self-emptying and what that looks like in the Christian life as opposed to the self-aggrandizement that we see in the church. And Sarah was nice to give me a good endorsement for that. And then um, also came out kind of a booklet called Loving Your Neighbor with um, um, My Daily Bread, The Discovery House Series, like a pamphlet, but it's technically a book. And also the Enneagram 9 comes out March 23rd, daily readings. So I was able to, people are like, able to write like almost two books in the years because I lost my job last year, you know, the pandemic. So they, I was able to work that year and get some stuff coming out. So, um, 
I teach an, as adjunct professor spiritual formation and uh, justice classes at a local seminary. And I think spiritual formation and justice is very important. So that's uh, the intersection of my interests. Um, Wonderful. Thank you. Um, we'll do our best to get uh, links to everything up <laughs> in the bio and in, in, in the blog form of this podcast uh, so we can direct people that way as well. Um, but the most pressing thing today that we wanted to talk about, and if any of these other, uh, uh, anything else that you've written or comes up, please, please don't shy away from it. But um, you both uh, were significantly involved in the rhythm of prayer books uh, that, that just came out. Um, would, you, would you tell us a little bit about that and what, this, what, what the rhythm of prayer book is? Sure, um, I'll start us off and then Marlena can talk maybe a little bit more about her uh, contribution and where it kind of grew out of. But um, so, you know, I've always really wanted to write about prayer. You know, I've thought about it for a lot of years. Um, and I think because maybe prayer is such an integral part of my life and that often surprises people because I'm, you know, Gen X progressive from Western Canada and who even prays anymore. But it's always been just such a, a central part, especially for me on the other side of a faith shift, on the other side of, um, of, of the wilderness or, or a season of wondering and deconstruction, maybe people would call it. And so I always kind of wanted to write about it, didn't really, couldn't really find the path, to be honest, um, without it found, feeling really prescriptive, formulaic, you know, talking about prayer instead of like actually engaging in it. And so just kind of kept the idea in the back of my mind for, for a while. And um, it was actually in the immediate aftermath of uh, losing Rachel. Um, Rachel Held Evans, who passed away in uh, early 2019, was a, a very dear friend of mine. I came home from the whole experience and just felt like, I mean, and there's probably a joke to be made here about a prairie Protestant work ethic <laughs> kind of stuff, but, and thinking that work will save you, but um, I felt like I needed to put my hand to something. And if I didn't, I just didn't know how I would be able to keep moving and Rachel and I had always worked together that was something that we had deeply in common we loved being right you know we loved our work mm -hmm. and so I thought okay I've got this idea I would like to write about prayer I need to put my hand to something now and I just realized I couldn't do it alone I needed to be held by the prayers of other people I needed permission to bring my whole self back to prayer I needed it not to be a tidy set of answers about prayer but an actual almost an embodied prayer circle with um, women and leaders um, and and friends who I trusted to be honest who I trusted to um, be authentic and bring both lament and hope to that space and so that's really when I went knocking on Marlena's door and you know, all of the contributors and just kind of said like, look, here's this idea. Can you tell me about prayer or write prayer for me? And as these contributions began to kind of roll into my inbox, I began to see this thread that kind of connected all of them and began to craft my own prayers and essays around theirs. And by the time we were done, we had really, I, f I felt incredibly held mm -hmm. and transformed by what we had created. It felt like um, something that was collaborative 
and generative and holy and gave a, a tremendous amount of permission, I think, for, not only for me, but hopefully for everybody who reads it as well. Um, and it was really special to me that it was collaborative, right? That it wasn't just my voice or my perspective on prayer or my, you know, treaties and answers, you know, on such things. But instead, it was this full, you know, kind of um, you know, rhythm, I guess, you know, of, of moving through all the, all the areas of our life and having all those voices was it made that first year and that first season of grief um, more bearable. I carried their words with me. They held me. And yeah. And so that was kind of where it all began and where it is now is. And of course, I don't think either Orlando and I expected it to resonate with as many people as it did, just because it's a community of women who maybe or have been underrepresented in spiritual formation, underpublished, um, and yet to be on like New York Times bestseller list and to see, you know, this little, you know, blue book kind of doing what it's doing. I think that a lot of us, maybe because the book was born out of heartache and sorrow and a yearning for community. And that's where all of us now have found ourselves because of the pandemic and because of everything else that we've been enduring as a culture in these apocalyptic times. And I think that it, it feels even more relevant than I could have ever imagined, but that's kind of the, the backstory, but um, Marlena just had a beautiful contribution to the book herself that I've just heard from so many people has, you know, been showing up in their church services they've been using in their Zoom church meetings. Uh, and it's been really beautiful to see, so. Yeah, um, first of all, I wanna say, like I've only, you know, gotten to see Sarah in person a few times, but just one of the most generous people I've ever met, been generous to me, lots of writers, um, you know, we share some things in common that we don't need to bring up right now, but just different things. And Sarah's always been so generous. And um, I just want to make a comment about um, Rachel Held Evans, too, is always real generous. And, you know, we would talk back and forth kind of me. But my sister, who's a nurse, who is not like she has not no idea about the Christian publishing world. She is like completely nothing about Christian celebrities, like nothing about Twitter, hardly Facebook. What I'm trying to say, she's very removed from celebrity culture and um, all that jazz, you know, the negative aspects, right? And so <laughs> she lucky. went with me to, <laughs> yeah, she went with me to Rachel's funeral and she was like blown away by how she's like, the people are so lovely and generous and diverse. And, you know, just thinking about, the people that Rachel brought together and Sarah and Jeff and have taken that mantle, all sorts of like different people from different cross sections, like, you know, from more conservative to more progressive, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, diverse culturally. Um, so that is a testament to Rachel's writing. I want to say that to Sarah mm -hmm. and all the, you know, all the friends that bring a diverse amount of people together. And I think that's true Christian community. So I wanted to say that before, um, wanted to thank you, Sarah, you know, publicly for your generosity and love that you show so many of us. Um, but I, um, my, sometimes I just get overwhelmed by the problem of evil in the world. Like I, you know, in the last many years, of course, um, there's been a lot of human rights abuses and just a lot of stuff we all know a lot of hard things coming out in the world. And um, sometimes I get really overwhelmed and I, I start thinking, you know, at this time that I'm praying in this very moment, there are people that are being sexually abused, you know, 
people dying, losing their children, uh, kids I know that are hungry, you know, in the, in the local city where I live, who wish that, you know, they can um, have a big Thanksgiving dinner, which I could identify with because when I, I was young, I knew what it was like to be hungry. I knew what it was like not to have a heat in the winter sometimes. Um, and so I sometimes get that, I don't know if you want to call it like a cloud of just a, something descending upon me where I just feel overwhelmed. I'm like, God, I can't, you know, I might see something on Facebook or Twitter, like friends going through tragedies and feeling very helpless um, and limited, you know, limited income, limited influence, limited, whatever. I cannot fix things. And so I wrote about that and the, you know, the Lord is very good uh, to me. Um, just showing me, I wrote about that experience and I've had it more than one time, like, but, uh, when I was thinking about the rhythm of prayer for the, you know, what I, my contribution that kind of came upon me again. And, you know, like I said, I feel very helpless. Like I can't fix this. Um, but I can pray for people. And that's one thing, like, you know what? I might not be tons of money. I can encourage you and I could pray for you. And I think my prayers make a difference. Um, and so I came down to saying like, here, I'm offering my loaves and my fish. Here are my loaves and fish for all these people. I can't do anything more, but I can offer, you know, um, even a liturgical way for those that are, you know, the children that are crying out to you for those who are sick, for those who are dying, Lord, hear our prayers, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and one other thing I want to say about prayer I wrote a little bit about it in my other book, uh, The Way Up Is Down, that came out in July, but it also ties to the rhythm of prayer because people say to me, Marlena, I wish I could pray like you. And maybe Sarah has something to say about this. I'm like, um, when I was young, I read scripture a lot. So I imbibed it and it gave me, a, 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 I guess people call it a biblical imagination. Um, and that's because you know, for several reasons. Like I said, I was poor. I didn't live near people. I couldn't go do things. I didn't live in an urban area. And when I was done with my um, chores or whatever I had to do, I lived out in the country, I'd read scripture, right? And so um, people are like, Marlena, why do you pray like that? How can you say to God that sucks? Like, you know, I'm just speaking about when I, we heard that Rachel died, I prayed for her when she said, I remember when she tweeted that she was in the hospital. I think it was like April 13th or 14th. I can't remember the exact date, but I said, you know, she's like, don't worry, don't worry. You know, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, and I, I'm praying for you. I pray for every single day. Um, and, you know, and I'm like, God, that sucks. Like, this is wrong. She's young, you know, and not just her. I mean, this happens to people, but you know, this is someone I know and leaving children and I just hate this and there's no like pious thing to say well you know um I'm not even gonna go into that you know God meant it for good or something no mm. I mean I could say a lot of things I don't know the mystery of it I don't know the answer but it sucks and sucks is a nice word um and so I think that that's how we should pray like we tell God the truth I mean God knows anyways but um and there are a lot of things like that in the rhythm of prayer that just, you know, raw emotion. But people are like, Marlena, why do you pray like that? I'm like, because I read the Psalms. Like, and Jesus, like, I'm not, I'm surprised. I, I should say, let me back up. Don't be surprised that this kind of praying is just how people in scripture talk to God. And I, I learned that. And I'm, I'm not trying to sound like I'm something special. All I mean is, I think 
this it's a tradition we need to recover probably in Protestantism. Um, but people wail and mourn mm-hmm. and, and celebrate too. It's not just lament, yeah. but it's joy. And so that's what I was hoping to bring across. I was bringing across the way that I actually pray. Um, and so I'm glad that, you know, not only uh, what Sarah's written, what I wrote and what other people's written resonates with people. Well, and I know, like, I mean, I'll, I'll speak as I was reading yours this morning, uh, looking through it, um, you know, it, it, um, it hit me on all the spots I needed to hear today. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll just be honest, like, um, there's some things I've been struggling with, um, and, uh, to read, um, you know, your cry out to God saying, you know, um, you know, I know I can't save the world, but, and like, you kind of alluded to, you know, the prayers on that. Um, it definitely spoke to me and in, in the things that I'm dealing with. Like, I mean, it's just like, it was kind of like the slight ball, like, and you brought up the loaves and fishes in the beginning of uh, the essay or the prayer or however you, I mean, however, you know, you want to articulate what it is. I mean, it, it's, it was beautiful. And I was like, oh, this is going to preach on Sunday. Like this is going to find its way in my sermon on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think throughout the whole book is, is that whole idea of rhythm of prayer as I was reading through it. Um, I got the sense of rhythm that was kind of um, peace giving mm-hmm. um, that um, when I saw that you were coming out with it, like I was like, man, uh, you know, we had Sarah on uh, last year to talk about her book on miracles. And I was like, man, that was a great book. And I can't keep that one on my shelf because I keep giving it away. This is going to be another one of those books that I can't keep on myself because I think it's a great uh, collection of prayers that will allow people to have a space to, to pray and grieve and uh, say things that they wouldn't normally say in prayers. Um, I think it was Sarah uh, tweeted or posted. I can't remember uh, how I saw it, but she was like kind of warned people about the book about like there's language in it um and i'm like this is a good book then if there's language in it it's got to be a good book because people are being raw and i think um we find ourselves in the christian faith um where it's like you can't say those words even though we're thinking them anyways and like being able to have that space to say them um, i think is a healthy way of you know letting it out versus holding Mm -hmm. it in it's like, man, yeah. um, for those of our listeners, I would encourage you to pick up this book. I mean, I know we're not, we're still going to continue talking, but man, like it was, um, all of them uh, were, were powerful um, in their own, in your own unique ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it was funny. I was, I got a tremendous amount of pushback on that on Facebook in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter seemed more okay with it, but, <laughs> but there was this sense of like, like you would offend God. Hmm. Right. And, and I think that that's really telling because it's exactly like what Marlena said. I mean, the Bible is way more honest about prayer than we are as churchy people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, you know, one of the th- things that really emerged from the book is the confirmation or the, the revelation even maybe for people that your humanity is not a liability to Jesus, that you get to bring your whole self if you're feeling angry or scared or happy or joyful or tired. Um, Gosh, I think a lot of us are tired right now, right? Um, And so being able to see that people have permission to actually have those conversations with God, much like scripture, right? I mean, gosh, you read some of the Psalms and precatory prayers, they make you right uncomfortable, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with the humanity that's, that's often there. You look at the conversations that so many, um, you know, biblical, uh, you know, characters or, or heroes that we've had over time have had with God, you know, can we imagine being that honest with God? Um, 
and what kind of conversation that might open up and how that might actually look. And, uh, and so, yeah, I feel like that's actually some of the work that the book is doing behind the scenes in people's hearts, even beyond the words that are actually on the page is that kind of permission giving. And that makes me really glad. It makes me glad to think that people who have thought that prayer isn't for them because they can't pray the way that they were taught or the way that maybe they initially learned to pray um, are finding new language and um, maybe even some ancient paths uh, mm -hmm. back towards a conversation with God um, that maybe has been going on all along, right? And so, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting conversation in terms of like, how honest can you be? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think they, that you, you named that well. Well, and I, I love that permission giving because we, we fell, we being just the church or, or Christians or whomever, right? We've fallen into this rut of, well, I can't pray like that. So I'm either not going to, or we were told we had to pray like this. And if you don't pray like this, it doesn't count, um, it, which has, has led to, at least in my experience, very, very surface level. We're not going to be vulnerable. We're not going to give up more than we have to. Even in our quiet prayers that we hold to ourselves, there's this resistance to being vulnerable and present. And simply just being human, right? Feeling the things that we feel and not feeling bad about it. Not feeling that shame, not feeling, well, I'm not good enough. But just being honest in those moments of, shit, this sucks. And that's my prayer for today. Um, I, I had a, an elderly lady at a, at a congregation of mine. She, she lost, she buried a couple of her children. Uh, and when, when she it may have been the first, I can't remember which child it was, but she said she just went outside. She grabbed a handful of rocks and just started, her prayer was throwing rocks in the sky and, and yelling and screaming and cursing at God, why? Why this? And, and she shared that in a way and, and the people around kind of chuckled. And I was like, no, 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 thank you. Because that's the kind of open and honest and vulnerable prayer we need. And by God, if you don't feel like you can run out and throw rocks at God in a prayer, we're doing something wrong. We're not, yeah. we're not sitting in, in that humanity and the things that we feel. And that affects every aspect of our life. And so that permission giving to, to say that, go, go do what you need to do. Say what you need to say. It's not about having the right words. It's about having whatever words you have. And, and sometimes that's just nothing sometimes it's mm -hmm. just exhaling and sometimes it's just profanity laid in honesty right and and you're, we can't offend god in those ways i mean who are we to think we can and yet we hold back yeah no exactly that's a really beautiful picture thank you for sharing that that uh, picture of, of that lady it's an interesting thing of all the ways that we have learned to kind of skip over what we think of as prayer. And that's where I thought that's having so many different representations, like, you know, Marlena's cry of the heart, um, you know, and, and the journey that she takes you on through that prayer. And then also having, you know, practices and, and liturgy and, and all these different ways that we can pray. It's like, you know, I, I don't know, Marlene, maybe you could speak a little bit to how you grew up praying, but um, like I came of age in the, prosperity gospel word of faith movements in North America, um, which is, you know, its own baggage to carry the rest of your life. But, you know, there was this sense of prayer always being about controlling outcomes, mm. right? Uh, and if this, then that. Um, and so 
losing that pathway to prayer actually was turned out to be a tremendous gift from God. That's where I think what we've often found. Um, And you talk about this a bit in in your work, Marlena, about how like this is actually an invitation from God when you lose those things. Right. Um, Because then that that opened up things like throwing rocks. Right. Or, you know, the lectionary even or or common prayer or, you know, finding other people's uh, prayer silence right? Giving God the silent treatment can actually be a form of prayer. <laughs> so it, you know, all those different ways in, in encountering God. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, um, Sarah, I think, and Matt and Zach, I think you all alluded to it. Um, you know, prayer, we were taught to pray a certain way, but then maybe going back, I know Sarah used the word ancient paths. Um, I think of prayer as gazing at God, now, maybe you're giving God a dirty look, you know, <laughs> but, you know, beautiful. That's yeah. so beautiful. I love that. Thank you. But, get, you know, whatever you can do to keep your gaze on God. I mean, even if you're angry at God or you're still saying, hey, this is an issue or. And so I remember. Like, I thought I was going against the system, you know, when, you know, talk about growing up, but, you know, what I heard a lot um, and I, I'm like a mixed bag. I have Catholicism, Protestant, you know, so I'm, I can't say it was just like Sarah, just the prosperity. I have like a mix of stuff, but, um, but I would hear, you know, and like in our evangelical circles, like you have to have, like read the Bible, uh, your quiet time, right? Like read the Bible for an hour. And then, you know, there's very prescriptive in how you did it and you need to do it in the morning, you know, yeah, before anything else happens. Um, and I know people that do that faithfully. Um, but I, it's very interesting to me and I'm just going to say this quickly. Um, I was talking to someone at one point, my husband, Sean and I, who, you know, reads the Bible faithfully, like checks it off. And that's wonderful. Go through the Bible in a year with their church. And we, we, we were saying, so I think it's found in James or whatever. We were saying something about justice and that person's like, that's not in the Bible. And I'm like, you know, I didn't say this and, you know, I don't know even if they'll hear this podcast, but I didn't say this, but I was like, you read the Bible every single day and have for years. And you don't know that that's scripture. You thought we were just being like liberals or something, you know, yeah. like that's like in, in let, let us, sh- we'll show you, you know, we weren't making it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that can be done, you know, wrote and without the spirit, uh, without listening to God. But I remember when I pushed against this, I'm like, well, some people like students, when I was a resident director, I can't, you know, I just can't do that. I can't have that early morning. I'm tired or I was up last night, whatever. I was like, well, you know what, even if you can think, hold on to maybe grasp, you know, just a phrase in, the, or just one chapter of the Bible for a whole year. Like for one year, I was thinking about Psalm 145, you know, so I would just tell them, and I was, I said, thinking about it. So I had it, I'd read it, but then I'd work it out and think about it. Uh, you know, the Lord is good to all he has made um, because I was going through a hard time. But gazing at God can look different. You know, I love being out in nature. Sometimes I'm just quiet. Um, and I, you know, scripture might come to my mind. I think scripture is important, but for sure. But all that we saw, I think God made us whole. So, you know, what about people that can't read? How are they mm-hmm. quiet time and read the Bible if they're illiterate? Does that mean that God's not going to speak to them? Yeah. Which was most of history. 
right? So we know that that's contextual. And so my point is, I think of prayer as gazing at God and whatever that looks like. However, whatever turns your face and your, your face towards God, beholding one another. And that could look very different depending on who you are. I love that. Uh, if we if we did this kind of thing, that would be the quote for you know the cover of this this podcast, gazing at God, and it could be a dirty luck, right? <laughs> I love that Somebody, so much. <laughs> we need to make that into like a cross stitch or something. I hundred percent. It needs to be a cross stitch. <laughs> Never said that before. It just came. To me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It, it, it reminds me so much of um, how Richard Rohr talks about praying and just embodying it and being present in those moments, whether it's sweeping the floor or you know praying in the sanctuary or just driving, you know, whatever it is, just being fully present and embodying those moments. Um, and yeah, I think about that idea of gazing at God and I love people watching and, and uh, you know, why not do that very same thing mm -hmm. and sit and just as we would watch people walk down the street back when there wasn't a pandemic and we could do things like that, but just sit and be present and watch and see where God is present in those moments and using that as a form of prayer. Um, and sometimes, you know, somebody walks by and they're wearing something weird and you're like, hmm, know about that. You know, it's the same thing with God of just those being so being mm -hmm. present enough to go, oh, okay, uh, you know, let's, let's travel down this road a little bit and see where this goes um, off that. And just that idea of gazing, right? Just mm -hmm. looking out to see where, where God is. Yeah. And if somebody could send me a cross stitch for my office, that would be cool. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not getting one for me. I'm, uh, I can create a decal for you if you want. That'll work. That's fine. That'll the stickers do. are good too. Well, and I, and I think, you know, um, you know we, we talked about this being honest with God when we pray. Um, and one of the jokes that my staff gives me when I ask them to pray, they'll send me a text or something like, and they'll it will be a long, oh, like, a, oh, Jesus. There was this one Sunday I was praying and it was a rough Sunday. Mm. And all I could do was just, oh, Jesus. And I let that resonate. And then I began to pray. And so like, they've given me a hard time about that. Like when I ask them to pray or, <laughs> or every now and then I'll just do that just to kind of stir that, you know, within us. And mm -hmm. that, you know, I, the way I was kind of um, nurtured into praying was like, it was kind of very, um, uh, I always joke that my mom was, uh, was uh, crafting me to be Methodist before I realized it, which is very Methodist in its own thought uh, with the idea of provenient grace. Um, but my mom was very adamant about how we prayed and how we just be honest to God and just like lay it out there, whatever it is on your mind. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget the first time I prayed, uh, it was when my dad um, had a severe heart attack. And I remember just screaming so many profanities at God because I was so angry, so upset. And I've always have found that liberating. Even when I pass her, I'm sitting with people and, and they're like, I don't know how to pray. And like, I was like, you're talking with me. Let's talk with God and let's just whatever's on our heart, let's say it. And, um, and I think sometimes with prayer, we, we, we want this like beautiful, like long winded prayer. And, um, and I think there's, we I, it would love for us to be able to give more space to those short little ones, um, or just even just a simple being in nature or being present um, to wherever the spirit is with us, however, we're acknowledging that. 
and and then you know sometimes you know the easiest prayer is thank you you know thank you god and um just being aware of those moments. I, I really feel like that that's what, as I was reading, going through the book, I kept just finding like, all right, so this is going to, this will be great for this. And this will be great. Like in crafting, like, um, we lead a, I lead a noon zoom prayer on Thursdays. And actually it was kind of crazy about this. It was like, I was getting ready for that when we saw the fire trucks roll up and like, oh no, it's another bomb threat. And my, and just thinking, okay, so let's text the people that we know in the building and making sure that they're okay. And like, Hey, we're praying for you. If we can do anything, let us know. And then me reaching out and saying, hey, um, I'm not going to be able to make prayer meeting today. I've got to take care, you know, I've got to be here for this. Um, and people were really cool with that. And, and I think we've got to give permission for those things to happen and just say, hey, let's pray for this. Um, and, and just being honest and earnest about it. Um, I don't think we give enough space for that. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. So um, to kind of bring us back into the book, I guess would be, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's um, you know, it's part of the reason why we're here. Um, you know, Sarah, you were the um, editor of the book and, uh, you know, um, as you know, you kind of talked about your craft for that um, and, and it was, you know, beautifully worded. Um, you know, is there anything else you'd like to add as, you know, we move forward? Um. You know, I don't, I'm not sure necessarily um, how much more there is to add. I think that there's, there's a sense of, um, I think, invitation there. And often, oftentimes, I think that one of the things that we have um, missed, or we have thought is that if, if I can't do it the way I've always done it, then that means I don't get to do it anymore. Right. And you can think that way about scripture, about church. Um, about politics, community, so many different areas of our life where so many of us are have are in a season of um, reevaluating, you know, beginning to decide what is it that I want to carry forward with me, um, you know, as I'm as I'm beginning to grow. And again, that is that's not a faith crisis. That's an invitation from the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of reasons why you end up kind of crossing that threshold. And I think that it can be a very lonely and isolating time for people. And then you add on, of course, the, the fact that we have the pandemic and we've had all of these quarantines and lockdowns and we miss each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you layer in this as well. I think that um, we can't underestimate how lonely people are yeah. and how tired. And so being able to make some space for reimagining and just saying, what if, what if there's still a conversation I get to be a part of? What if I still get to pray? Um, what if this is still for me and it just looks a little bit different than I've thought or been able to? And, you know, maybe it, it is simply just, you know, gazing at God, even if you can't quite make eye contact yet, mm-hmm. right? There's a, there's a lot of different ways where we can have that sort of invitation. And that's my hope, I think, for the book was to be able to say, you still get to pray, mm-hmm. mm. right? You still do. And it may look different, but you still get to pray. And the conversation that God is always having with you is still still happening. Um, and I think being able to reopen that up for people um, and show them that they're not as alone or as crazy as they think, um, it, it's a real gift right now. Because that's what ended up happening with me with this book, is it made me realize I wasn't as alone as I felt. 
And even all those moments of there's gratitude and joy and wonder and curiosity, um, you know, so many different aspects of, of being able to, to name that, right? And sometimes I think that's what the best, you know, prayer and work and writing and whatever else does is it articulates the thing that you've thought all along, but didn't know how to say. Um, and that's, I think, one of the, the big gifts of the, um, of the experience anyway, of shepherding it. Good shepherd. You're a good shepherd, Sarah. And <laughs> I just want to say along with that, I'm sure Matt and Zach are too, that, that, like you said, that communal aspect, you know, so when, you know, maybe we can't pray and I love Mark chapter two, where uh, the friends, you know, put a hole in the roof and lowered the paralytic down before the feet of Jesus. I, I don't, maybe, was, I think it said paralytic um, in Mark chapter two, but um sometimes we can't pray. So sometimes we're the four friends lowering people down, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. we're the one on, on the stretcher and I say, help, I need you to lower me down. So that communal, like, so the, even the way, you know, like Sarah, she said already how she thought about this book, it's a communal, we are holding each other, we're holding not just yeah. each other, but the world space, you know? Um, and I also want to think about the, uh, uh, you know, if, I guess if this is the last thing I'll say, I'll say this, but the great cloud of witnesses, like, um, yeah. you know, good. which the Roman Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox are better. We, I think the Protestants say the church triumphant, but you know, sometimes I'll be like, I don't think I have not said this publicly, but I'm saying it here because we're talking about prayer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Abuelita, Rachel, Dallas Willard, pray for me. You know, like, yeah. or, you know, like the Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox. I'm like, or any of the saints, I'm like, please pray for me. Cause I'm yeah. like, I don't know why I'm, I shouldn't be nervous about saying it, but you know, I think I was, um, you know, formed in places where that's whack. But you know, if I believe that, I was thinking about this last night, I am the God of the living, you know, when Jesus was talking to them, not the dead. So I'm like, I'm like, hey, Rachel, mm -hmm. pray for me, you know? And I said Dallas Willard, cause I was under his teaching at one time. and my abuela, you know, people I know and people I don't know, I'm like, I need help, you know? And I pray straight to Jesus too. So I don't want to hear people be like, hold off on the letters, hold yeah. off on the emails. We're good. This is a safe space. You're <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whole gamut. Like we were talking about prayer. That's part of the gamut that I have, um, what's more integrated into my life from the different Christian traditions. And yeah, I mean, if you want to be mad about it, go ahead. But <laughs> there's, you know, you were just reminding me, there's two prayers actually in the book. One of them is by um, Dr. Shaniqua Walker Barnes. Mm -hmm. It's called uh, um, Prayer of a Weary Black Woman. And she ends it up by saying, uh, and you have not allowed me to languish alone, but you have lighted the path towards beloved community with the loving witness of the ancestors, mm -hmm. elders, and sojourners who have come before me and who stand with me today. And she ends up naming some of them. And same thing even with Rosella is about ancestral wisdom bringing um, guidance. And I think that that's part of why the communal aspect of prayer is so important because someone like me coming from my tradition, that it wouldn't have been something that I would have been able to name or understand, but being in the presence of women like Shaniqua and Rosella and Marlena to be able to say like, look, you've got that great cloud of witnesses. You've got the, the ancestors, you've got your elders and the, and the church, the, you know, that time can be more fluid in that way right and what that actually looks like together so yeah that's those are the things that were gifts to me of being like this is something I'm going to carry forever like I'm just never not going to have that now 
right? And to know when to be able to name. So I love that you, you talked about that, Marlena. That's that was good. And that, that's such a, a gift for anybody who listens to this or, or, or reads the book in this idea that we don't have to be okay and we don't have to be okay alone, that we're surrounded by each other who are also not okay. Uh, and and uh, surround each other in this community of prayer, knowing that it's those that are physically around us, but this great cloud of witnesses as well, who have been through hell and back, who have been yeah. through the same things that we've been through. Oh my God, what a mm. what a what a what a wealth of just prayer and yeah. and comfort and just being able to sit in the things that make us human, knowing and, and embodying that that we're not alone in the awful crap in this life, right? Uh, and then the celebrations too, uh, that we get to celebrate with one another. Mm-hmm. We, um, as, as Methodists, we talk a lot about that in our communion liturgy, right? That we celebrate communion with a great cloud of witnesses, but it doesn't go much further than that. Uh, and it should, because we have the saints in our lives, right? Who, who got us to that place, who are with us in that space in those moments. And, and we shouldn't be afraid to encourage that, uh, to be mm-hmm. in that. Well, I think that for me, I mean, I'm thinking about, um, you know, we talked about, you know, you know, Zach lifted up the great call of witnesses, but I include people like, you know, um, you know, you lift up Dallas Willard's name and like those people that have influenced us. Like to me, that's who those people are. And they're not those like unattainable saints that like, you know, those people like we have no clue or like we we've read about them. We think we know them, but like, you know, we didn't really know them. Um, but I always think of like people um, that are near and dear to my heart that have, have um, you know, moved forward um, and have graduated to the, you know, the next life. And I, you know, um, and I'm thankful for them. And, and you know, um, you know, kind of like my Lorena, there are times where I'm just like, I cry out to those people, whether it's, um, you know, my grandfather, my mother, those people that are just, that were near and dear to my heart that have helped me through the journey. Um, and that like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think we need to, you know, definitely say that that's okay. Um, cause you know, they are, they're, they're with us, they're cheering us on, you know, I, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I think that can give us hope and, and, um, and that we're going to make it through this, whatever it is. I mean, right now there's a lot going on. And so it's kind of just like, are we really sure we're going to do this? But <laughs> I kind of chuckled when Sarah said Armageddon, uh, cause I was like, uh, yeah, Zach's dealing with the snow, uh, snowmageddon. Uh, he's getting ready to get a ton of snow and, uh, you know, it's spring weather here in Oklahoma, which means, you know, tornadoes and all that, you know, so and, yeah, I can feel that way with, especially in the being in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, and, and that's where I, I, I always use the words lean into faith a little harder. And we just have to lean in a little bit harder when it gets mm-hmm. rough. Um, and to me, that's where prayer, that's where prayer happens is when we lean in and just say, all right, uh, God, take it, take it over, take the wheel. Um, but you already had the wheel. So I'm not really worried. Um, and that we're in this together. Um, mm-hmm can, can really shape and move us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to be good stewards of your, your time and, and energy. Do you have any, any, any parting words or anything you want to want to leave us with? Um, no is an acceptable answer. <laughs> I, say, I feel like I've said a lot of words already. Yeah. So Marlena, do you Beautiful. have anything else that you wanted to share? Um, no, I'm just grateful to be with all of you and God for this opportunity. So thank you. Yeah.
Thank you both so much. You have uh, certainly have an open invitation to come back and, and share your wisdom uh, and love and grace anytime. Uh, we appreciate your very hard and faithful work and just crying out in, in prayer for this world. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's good you. to be back again and good to see you guys again. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, the, um, the book is A Rhythm of Prayer, um, edited, edited by uh, Sarah Bessie, and you can find that pretty much anywhere and everywhere uh, that books are sold. Um, we will have a link to that through uh, um, whatever one I can pull up and just, I'll, I'll throw some links on there so you can buy the book. We you know, want to encourage hey. you to buy the book. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm like, going to do this. Uh, you, know, uh, you can put in bearded 20, you're not going to get a discount, but you yeah. can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we have no our, discount partnerships. <laughs> uh, we want to thank our listeners for listening. And so um, for the bearded theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. First, guys, I want you to subscribe and like this video and put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.